This is the official Cover in the Corner podcast, episode 177. I am your host, Matt Lyons. On this week's episode, I'll have some meat rolls for you, some fun things that happened over the last week of baseball. Talk about Shane Bieber and his struggles, and if we're worried about it, and I guess just in general, the state of the rotation, and how some of them are not as good as they were last year and the years before, and how much of a problem that is, and also how much of a problem Eddie Rosario is, because there's a running theme right now through Cleveland baseball that everybody's kind of struggling. Um, They went on the trip to the East Coast. They're still on that trip, uh, and we'll preview the last game in that little road trip against the Angels and the one after that against the Twins. Uh, joining me for all that more, another Mr. Merritt Rolfing. Merritt, how you doing? I'm great, Matt. Apparently they're on the East Coast now, not the West Coast, oh, you fool. I, <laughs> I swear you're I said the, West Coast. I'm gonna you're the bad podcaster. <laughs> well, I've got to do the whole thing again now. Uh, we actually have to go back and re-record several podcasts now to fix it. So it's You've blown it. Whatever. Everybody's bad, everyone. <laughs> I'm just like the rest of the Cleveland baseball team because bad. everybody is terrible right now. That's fair. I agree. You know, what, uh, you know what's not terrible, Merritt? What's that, bud? Yeah. Meatball. Meatballs, Merritt. They're not, they're not bad. We've done it. <laughs> uh, meatballs, of course, is where we talk about fun little things that have happened. Um, I, I call them fun things. They don't have to be fun things, Merritt. There's not always... Baseball's not trash. always fun. Yeah. There's tears in baseball when you're There's watching no crying Cleveland, in baseball. But... I learned that from Tom Hanks. And then he told me, Wilson, Wilson, Wilson. And then he told me, I don't know, take the beach. And then he told me, what are some other things you would have told me? The burbs sure are weird. And then he told me, I'm a boy. That's from Big. Thank you for clarifying that one. I thought yeah. that was Castaway for a minute there. I oh, that, that was just Wilson, alone. of course. <laughs> I know. I thought you were doing a double reference there. He's telling a Wilson, double, I'm a boy. Double dip. Sure, I'm a boy. <laughs> <laughs> What's your meatball this week, Matt? Oh, I guess I'm going first again. Matt, I'm double dipping on this one. We're talking oh, Harold shit. Ramirez once again. <laughs> <laughs> he was kind of a meatball boy, so it works. He's he deserves around. two meatballs. You know what, though? Um... I think he deserves to start every single day. Did you know that I was looking at this? He has, uh, since we've last chatted a week ago now, uh, pretty sure we did a podcast last week, and if not, whatever. Sure did. Uh, he has uh, 13 plate appearances, 12 at bats, because he did draw a walk demonstrating supreme uh, plate discipline. Granted, it was an intentional walk, but still. Uh, he's only struck out twice, but more than that, he has seven Balls that he's put in play that are over 99 miles an hour. 96 miles an hour, excuse me. Uh, I think this is going to continue to be a theme of him hitting the ball very, 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 very hard, including a uh, 108.2 mile an hour line out against uh, Justice Sheffield, a 104.9 mile mile an hour uh, sharp ground ball in the middle, and uh, his first home run of the year off Anthony, whatever, Miss... Miskiewicz, Miskiewicz, whatever. Uh, he hit a home run. So there you go. <laughs> top, top of the ninth uh, over there in um, Seattle. I'm just, I, I continue to like to watch what he does. Uh, again, the plate discipline thing is the question, but you can't make any judgments whether it's in 13 plate appearances or 33 that he has on the year so far. He still is a league average hitter in that very short time, which is better than what we've seen out of outfielders predominantly over the last several years. Uh, again, in these short sample sizes, his ground ball rate is very high, 60% of the time. Uh, his hard hit rate is very high, 53.8.6% of the time. Um, yeah, just like what I see so far. Uh, if you can get, uh, as I was saying uh, when I was talking about it last week, uh, or two weeks ago, whatever the hell that was, 
get the ball in the air a little bit more, and all of a sudden you might have a star on your hands, a free-swinging star, but I'll take it. They're, they got enough of those already. Why not a few more? Yeah, I, I think even last year you said they found their new Yandy Diaz was your intro to it, which is very appropriate with the ground balls. And we've seen as he's gotten more that it's kind of that same thing. I do like that compared to like last year and the year before, his contact rate is like way up compared. Because, I mean, he's always going to be this guy that's swinging a ton. He's not striking out a lot now, which is nice. He's down to like, what, 12% somewhere in there. So he's not going to walk, yeah, he's again, not going to strike out. I mean, we're talking about how many strikeouts. Well, yeah, but that's just a couple. Four strikeouts in 32 uh, at-bats. So, I mean, he could go on a tear. But what I'm saying is, he's again, in 13 plate appearances, he hit the ball very hard several times. And, I mean, that's what you want. It's also kind of interesting that he wasn't scouted as having, like, this big power. He has a 40 raw power, according to Fangraphs. Like, that's, I mean, that's average. (laughs) But also, you look at, like, his stuff in the minors, and people are saying they knew he hit the ball hard, but it never equated to home runs, which also never equated to scouting like scouting power. I, w- I would assume that there's something correlated there. But as they're putting all these higher measurements in stadiums, I'm sure Cleveland has more stuff that we can't see about his hard hit rate in the minors. I'm sure the Marlins even had it, but they just didn't have room for him and had to, I think they had non-tendered him before the season or DFA'd him, one of the two. But um, he'd be nice to stick around in, in Cleveland for a little bit. I agree. Like, that's the thing. Like, he's still very young. I mean, like, not very young. He's 26, but um, there could be something there. What? It seems like time and time again, like we can look no far, no further than I believe he is on the Marlins now with um, Jesus Aguilar, who is again having a tremendous season. Uh, why can't uh, why, why can't that happen for Cleveland, where someone else uh, just cuts bait on someone and they come to a different place and be good? So, so that's, what I'm, that's what I'm seeing here so far. Well, again, we'll see how it goes. But even defensively, I'm, I'm not mad. At, I'm not about not mad about what he does. So I'll take it. Yeah, so mine this week is uh, Jordan Luplo is, of course, having a very weird year um, by any stretch of the imagination. We've talked about how it's, at this point, just let him try to swing against everything. He has hundred exactly 100 plate appearances as of this recording going into the game on Monday. Um, six home runs. He has a 122 WRC+, plus, which is good. You know, it's above average quite a bit. One of the best hitters on the team. Uh, .170 BAPIP, 183 average. Um, 330 on base, 463 slugging. So it's a very weird line that he has. He's walked 17% of the time. Um, in So he has 15 hits altogether, six home runs, five doubles, um, which kind of creates that weird gap between BAPIP and um, your WRC Plus because obviously when you get a home run, it doesn't impact your BAPIP. So the more balls you have in play that go over the wall, it doesn't help it as compared to like hitting a double out there. But the few hits he have has been huge. So his average is nothing and his slugging is high so i wanted to see how many other players signed to sort of match that the BAPIP under 0.170 and i went with ops plus because that's what baseball reference uses um you're gonna have to use our nope bat. not doing that <laughs> they actually didn't have the play index i was gonna do that i know they don't have that or the other one there are yeah. oba roba yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but with that uh, he has his ops plus is 118 so i went with that and 100 or more plate appearances there's only two others who did it. Um, I'm not even gonna ask you to guess it because it's just it'd be shooting in the dark here but johnny willingmeyer and uh <laughs> Yeah, it's actually Sam McDowell was one in 1974. No, uh, Frank Thomas in 34 games in 2005, and oh, Eddie yeah, Robinson. That was a weird year. Yeah, 86, 88 games in 1955. So Frank Thomas still like 131 OPS plus that year. So he was still. I mean, it was just a few games. I'm assuming he was injured, but he yeah yeah was he of course cranking home runs out of there. He was old at that point, but um, but yeah, it's just a weird weird thing for Eddie Jordan Luplo. It's I think it's also worth noting that having this huge split like this only three people have done it only two have done it over quote unquote a full season which is obviously they're both shortened season for them i'm assuming they're both injured eddie rosario or eddie robinson too so i don't think this will continue forever but it'd be really interesting if he did it'd be weird if he did but um i think as he cools off his 
I, weirdly enough, as he cools off, I think his bat pip will go up because he's going to get more singles and balls that are just not blasted out of the park once in a while. Because again, eleven of his hits, eleven of his fifteen hits have been extra base hits. I don't think you do that forever, but maybe he's literally going full three true outcomes. He's only going to hit home runs, walk or strike out. It's going to walk seventeen percent of the time. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, this is awful. What's happening? Like, this is bad. But all right, I guess he's still valuable. That would really piss a lot of people off and make a lot of people question. Is this really what we want baseball headed? I guess so. I don't know. Well, I mean, it seems like it kind of is anyway. Whether or not Jordan Luplo does it, that's where. But this is the we're going to push it to the fullest extent. Oh, yeah, he's what, literally what? only those three. Yeah. Other than that's his five right. doubles now. Like if you ever watch, um, if you ever read about the, um, I think it's the G League team for the Rockets back when uh, when uh, Maury was running the team, and uh, literally they do not allow their players to do anything except shoot threes and take layups. Like literally, that was it. And I just I can't imagine watching that, those games. I mean, isn't I like that it. what basketball is getting to too? I don't follow. It that is, but like that. you're allowed to shoot a mid range. <laughs> <laughs> but they just said absolutely not. Yeah, literally, you you will be benched and possibly cut if you do this. And I was like, that's crazy because that's all they wanted. He just wanted three and D guys. And I get it, you know, it's efficiency and all that stuff. But I think that's part of because I feel like you can do that in basketball. You can mandate that, but in baseball, you can't tell someone only hit a home run or walk a strikeout. <laughs> so it kind of. No matter how close we get, we're never going to get absolute two or three outcome. Only, well, we'll see about aluminum bats, won't we? That's right. Then we'll have only dingers. Oh, yeah. the, the, is it a home run that goes through the wall? That's the real question. That's Do we know? I, I would assume once it hits the wall, it's in play. But what if it goes through the wall? I guess that would be a ground rule double because it would be stuck, right? Because it wouldn't go over the barrier. But if it bounces over the barrier, then it's a ground rule double. Okay, now we need to know what happens if it goes through the wall. If friend Mo Reyes is out there hitting lasers and it goes straight through the wall under the yellow line, what is that? I mean, it must be a ground rule because, like, if it gets stuck in the ivy at um, at Wrigley, I mean, it's basically going into the wall, theoretically, when you think about it. Yeah, I guess that's true because it goes in and then out of play and it's stuck. That's a boring answer, but I want to know. Yeah, that's a terrible answer. I like like the new (laughs) answers where it's free for all. Run, run, run. (laughs) It's a triple minus two plus four is what that is when it goes through the wall. So you get go on a triple, take away two, add four, you get a run. So So you end up on first and add a run? That'd be (laughs) interesting. And also there's a ghost runner at second. Nobody knows why, but it's there. But it's an actual ghost. Not like a a fake runner. There's an actual ghost that manifests. And everyone goes, this is unsettling. Uh, Have him steal third, I guess. Uh, yeah, so another thing that is uh, pretty unsettling, Shane Bieber, last four starts. Um, he's gone from best in the league to just simply very good, which is still very good, obviously. <laughs> His last four starts, 11 earned runs, 30 hits, 9 walks, 35 strikeouts. I mean, still 35 strikeouts, 30 innings. He's still pretty damn good. Uh, he doesn't have his command of his breaking stuff quite as much as last year, I don't think. Um, I think a, a big thing to keep in mind with his struggles over the last four games is the fact that it's been nine games altogether. Last year, he had 12. So he could easily go on another streak. He could go on two more streaks of what he had last year, and then nobody would care about the first nine. It's just because, as always, it's the streak that happens at the beginning, which is the biggest one. And then he had the 12 games last year, which, again, if that happened last year, he easily could have had a couple clunkers like he's had over the last four in a row now. it's At this point, I think it's too soon to be anything but coincidence. He has a 341 bat up against, which is um, – it's – Pitchers have a little bit more control over hitters, but it's not still something that he's total control over, so it's a little bit of luck on that side. Is it fly ball rates up a little bit, but nothing dramatic? Um, yeah, I I have two theories. One of them is one that you touched on before. I think he just needs to throw the damn cutter. I don't know why it's completely disappeared, but he's basically a three-pitch pitcher now. Um, what is it? Fastball, slider, curveball, I think he throws almost exclusively. 
Well, I mean, he has the other ones, but it's so rare that it's it's essentially a three pitch pitcher because he's thrown a changeup, he's thrown a he's thrown the cutter a few times. Like we've been on our little mini cutter watch, but as far as what he actually throws a majority of the time um, compared to the year before, I'm just buying time until the pitch mix opens on Baseball Savant, and of course, oh, let me open it up. I already had it open. I could have saved all this horrible time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just those three. So it's fastball, yeah. curveball, slider are the vast majority. Changeup a little under four percent, cutter two point three percent. So it's barely at all. Um, there's not like a huge shift in, in the break of any of his pitches. So nothing looks totally different. It's just that cutter is missing right down the middle. It's one that he's, um, it differentiated between that and his slider. It gave him something else to use. And then of course the changeup, he doesn't use it at all. Last year it was 8% of the time this year. It's like I said, 4% half of, the of that. Yeah. So, um, that's one of the things I think is that he just needs these other pitches instead of just being a three pitcher guy. I think, I don't think it's related to like. Roberto Perez being out and Austin Hedges being in. This is if we can see it this easily, I'm sure Cleveland, with all the people they have pouring over numbers, see that he's only throwing these three pitches, and they can say, "Hey, maybe you should, you know, add a couple of these in." But um, my my second theory is that the stupid eight run eight strikeout streak was they'll they'll never say it obviously because it'd be it's a lame thing to to chase. But uh, the fact that he was put in so many times, uh, multiple times over his last four games. There were he was over 100 pitches and he came back out with seven strikeouts or six where it was clear like he was close to, to extending that streak and then he did. Um, I don't know if that's like in the back of his head somewhere. Eight? Eight? Who cares about eight? <laughs> right? eight it's just, like, it's one of those like I, I remember always watching Sports Center as a kid and the ridiculous like the first batter on a Tuesday with the last name that started with a D hit three home runs, <laughs> like that kind of thing. It's just a random streak that doesn't mean anything. And it felt like this could just be a narrative thing after the fact, but it felt like it was either he was pushing for it or Francona was putting him in situations to keep getting it. And I think that if that is the case, maybe there'll be something that's different now. I think also the fact that he's played different player, different teams now, like he can't just, not that last year was all a mirage because he played the L Central, but he's not going to be able to glide through every team like he can the, the Royals and Tigers. I think there is a legitimate case that he has to like battle once in a while. And I think he will. And I, I think he's, he's basically, I just think he's fine compared to the last four games. I think he'll be okay going forward. Yeah, battling against the teams like the mighty Seattle Mariners. (laughs) You know, that team with the the dreaded, you know, the the big offense they got there. I I think there might be some, and this is just, I don't know, this is based on just an idea that just popped in my head. There might be something to the fact that it's um, Hedge is catching now because um, Perez has a a reputation on the team as being the leader, you know, as being a leader on the field and that sort of a thing. And he's, uh, been there the entire time. Bieber's been there, so maybe Bieber just trusted him more. And so this, rather than it being Perez calling the game, it's now Bieber and Hedges calling the game together. If that makes sense. So like, there, Bieber's just kind of going with what he thinks feels best to him. Whereas maybe sometimes Perez would be like, "No, you should do this, throw this pitch instead because he's looking over here. I can tell by the way he's standing next to me or whatever." You know. He also, like, the catchers also do a lot of work as far as scouting and things like that. But it could be that. But, I mean, to your point, you know, I, I mentioned this is something I mentioned about Plezak uh, on the Slack channel the other day. Like, he throws a curveball that's not very good, but in the net with everything else that he throws, it looks better and makes everything else better. So, his not throwing a changeup or throwing his cutter or whatever makes everything worse because, like you said, he's just much more predictable now. And, I mean, we talk a lot about how his curveball and slider are so dirty, but they kind of blur into each other sometimes. Like when when they're not working perfectly, they're kind of the same pitch, just with a slightly different break, it seems like. And his fastball's never been all that good anyway. 
So, like you said, it just that what made him valuable was, was obviously location, but also um, his repertoire. And him not having that anymore makes him a much more unvaluable pitcher, I suppose, which is you know frustrating. One would hope that he starts plowing other pitches in there, make, making adjustments, and seeing the fact that he has an ERA over of like. I mean, it's like 3.21. It's still amazing. but Well, but just in the last three games, he's got an ERA at uh, – where the hell do they put ERA on this? Uh, 4.15. Uh, That's great. And, and guys are hitting 324, 407, 521 against him. Again, it's a bad bit at 467 over the last few games, so he's been unlucky. But oh, players, pitchers get unlucky, obviously. It's not like he's been facing dominant offensive teams. Uh, he did only give up, what, two runs against the Cubs, but he gave up, what, four and then three and only four and two-thirds innings against Seattle. Um, he has been bad all year, really. But like you said, it seems like he was chasing that, that weird streak in some way or other. And, like, it's something to strike out 12, 12, 11, 13 in your first four starts. But then it's, like, nine. Like, yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah, and the double-digit streak was kind of cool when he had yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. a solid thing. But, after yeah. like, I even saw after this one was snapped, they were saying, like, now he's the second longest with this many seven strikeout games. Like, so who gives okay. a shit? What's yeah. seven strikeouts? Like, come on. <laughs> God damn. Got a lucky uh, strikeout game. Yeah, like, he, he also, like, I think the more uncharacteristic thing is, like, the four walks against Seattle. That's not what you expect out of him at all, which is just – it's weird to say fatigue this early in the season, but he has thrown more innings than anyone else too. And like he's been going, like you said before, he's been going deep a lot. 119 pitches on April 24th, 113 on the 13th. Like he's only got one game under 100 pitches this year. Yeah, did he throw and 120 in another one too? Something threw like 121 that? on May 11th. Yeah, exactly. And so it's like, why? Like that—that that was a game specific. There, there was one game here where I just—I couldn't figure out why the hell they sent him back out. I think it was. It might have been the Cubs one actually because. It just seemed like they were up a decent amount, and, they, and how often have we talked about their bullpen? Like, what are we doing here? Like, what? Like, they sent them out, and then they, they had to go to the bullpen in that inning anyway, so they didn't give whoever it was a clean inning. Like, the whole point of having all these guys, and so they're just like, eh, we don't want to do that. We want to keep them fresh for some reason or other. So, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I, I think it was the Cubs. There was it was a game where they like battled back, but they got enough of a lead, and it didn't make sense to bring them back. But apparently, Terrifying Conan has said if they they fought back he'd talk him back in but i i don't know if it is like beaver talking his way back in the game which again that's not good either on terry francona that goes back to like the bunting thing with eddie rosario he had an awful bunt on sunday and if if that is again if that's just him doing it that falls back on terry francona for not stopping that not stopping from shane beaver from going out with 103 pitches already on his arm like that's the much more like that, that second one is the much more onerous one like that, that's literally you just tell him no like obviously if a guy's gonna bunt you can you can you Tell him to stop doing it. You can still do it, though. You can't, like, drag him by his ear out of the batter's box. <laughs> can he you, can... though? Well, I don't know. Do I've never actually that? read the CBA. It could be actually <laughs> in there. There's just no one really notices something from the, you know, they just forgot to erase the last page or something. It's on the back, you know, like, like old piece of paper they used. <laughs> or what if Tito went up acting like he was yelling at the ump, but was looking like, right at Eddie Rosario as he was doing it and yelling things at him? <laughs> or looking at the ump, but yelling at Eddie Rosario. <laughs> Joe West is just like, I don't know. What are you doing? It's not me. I can't throw him out because he's not swearing at me. So (laughs) I don't know. All right. Uh, But um, like you said, it's, it's not, it's not terrifying. He's still striking a bunch of guys out. He's still good. Yeah. Uh, No, he's just a very, very good pitcher instead of the best pitcher ever. Like, I don't, I don't know that I ever thought he was going to be that forever. Like a one, six, three ERA. Um, I, I always thought at least a little bit of it was, who he faced but i think he can be better than what he's been over the last four games obviously even better than what he's been 
over this year, just like you said, the walks are the biggest thing. But even last year, they were up a little bit. He was just striking out enough to compensate for it and was like stranding 90% of the base runners, which maybe that won't stick forever. But I Well, I, th- I think part of it, too, is he's just um, – when people make contact, I mean, this has always been a problem of his. They hit it very hard. It's just the only pitch they really make contact on is his fastball. And so when the only pitches you're throwing are, are your fastball, which is straight as an arrow, or a curveball, which breaks an absurd amount, or a slider, which breaks an absurd, absurd amount – and if you can't throw those for strikes consistently, that's where the cutter, as you mentioned before, that's where the cutter kind of comes in, right? It's a little kind of finesse on the fastball, uh, tricks the eyes of the batter to thinking that it's something else before, and then it's just in the strike zone. Because at the end of the day, you need pitches you can throw for strikes in addition to ones that you can throw for a strike at. He can get ahead all he wants, but it seems like that's been happening a lot this year, where he gets ahead and then uh, falls behind because he just kind of keeps on getting guys to chase uh, or trying to get guys to chase. I think that's something we talked about earlier where he, he was trying to, even though he said he was going to try and pitch to contact more, but he's also like pitching out of the zone a lot and like trying to get guys to swing and miss on obviously pitches. They're not going to swing and miss it anymore, but yeah. And it's as far as his fastball too, like he's, it's kind of interesting. Like last year he went up to 94.1. That was kind of a big deal that he was throwing hard. Now he's back down to basically exactly what he was in 2019. I don't know if that's anything, but he's also, I mean, he's still better than he was in 2019 because he's got, his stuff works better, but his velocity's back down. I don't know if that's just because he had the more time off and he was more rested going into last year than this year or something like that. I don't know, but um, his, his velocity's back down. But again, he doesn't use this. He's not like um, Garrett Cole who relies on a 99-mile-per-hour fastball. It's just kind of another pitch he has to set everything else up. So I don't yeah, exactly. It's, it's what he uses to get strike it. one. And then, yeah, that's just why he needs the other pitches to work. Like, he can't be a two- and three-pitch pitcher like like I'm like I'm like Cole. It sounds derisive, but it's just because Cole can do that because everything is frightening. Because <laughs> you're scared every time a ball comes at you. You don't know. What oh god, is. no. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> the, the thing with yeah. Bieber is he just bends time and space around most of his pitches, and he needs to throw those more often. And I don't know. Again, I, I wonder if I wonder if some of it does come back to Hedges too, because he just doesn't feel confident enough in telling Bieber what to do. But I don't want to, you know, say Hedges can't. He's he's a veteran. You know, catcher at this point. It's, just about, it's about knowing your guy as well. It's it's why people worry about about it happening when you lose a pitcher. Yeah, I, a pitcher. I don't know. Have you seen Shane Bieber strut on the mound? I would not challenge that man. He looks scary after he strikes the guy out and he's just walking around the mound like that. He's terrifying. Yeah, Ruben Perez is cool as hell. Like, come on. Like, <laughs> yeah, Austin Hedges. Yeah, although Austin Hedges has the murder eyes. If he looks you straight in the eyes and tells you to throw a curveball, you're going to throw a curveball. Because have you seen his eyes behind the plate when he's throwing down a sign? It is, it's amazing. He's so kind though. Just, uh... Austin Hedges. Yeah, he's like a nice no, he smile. does not. Oh, God, his other photo is horrifying. But like, <laughs> There's nothing this... kind about Austin Hedges' eyes. Uh, on baseball reference, he's got, he's got a nice smile. And, you know. <laughs> if you Google Austin Hedges, the first image. I will never do, do this. It seems <laughs> just staring into your soul. That's just oh, the way God damn. You know, de- <laughs> you know, they're not dead eyes, though. Like, no, they're like very lifeful eyes. That's the yeah, problem. Yeah, that's the opposite more, I'm, I'm actually coming for you. I've, <laughs> I see you. I've Charles Manson eyes. I'm coming for you, baby. In my last... One weird thing I know about Bieber, this again, it can be a small sample thing because he's only thrown 22 of them, but 19 of his cutters have been against lefties, which I don't know if that's just a random thing or if there's a reason he's only using them. Because last year he threw them more to righties than lefties, which I know typically a cutter. It makes more sense to throw to, I mean. Right, because you want it to go, it goes, it cuts to. It runs away from a righty and runs into a lefty. For, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you want to throw them to more righties because it gets away from them and you can throw it on the outside of the owner, try to throw a front door on, the, on their hands, but um, he's used it only against lefties, which is weird. And against righties, there was one, it was a homer, it was a terrible cutter. It was right over the heart to Hunter Dozier. Uh, Luis Robert took one for a ball on a 2-1 count. Um, and Kyle Higashioka, who grounded out on one. But 
Um, it's weird. He also tends to use it on pitchers or batters he didn't see in 2020. Because um, I just looked through all the ones that he threw it. Like, he didn't use it a ton against um, the Royals and all them. But, like, Carlos Santana, he's used it against a bunch, who obviously hasn't seen him. I don't know if he just knew that Carlos Santana couldn't handle cutters, but he threw a bunch to him. So, just kind of a weird thing um, that he's, first of all, not using a ton of cutters. And, second of all, when he does, it's only against lefties, which is kind of the reverse of what you would think you would do with them. But now I'm looking at how he often throws changeups. I'm back on the changeup tip now. <laughs> I mean, almost mm. never this year. It's what is it? Like 38 changeups? His name is as a, as a batter instead of, an, instead of a. How many changeups has Shane Bieber seen? He's seen game. one, actually. Well, there you go. From Wade Miley. I don't know what happened in that game, but he's seen <laughs> he's thrown 38 uh, <laughs> changeups. Well, there you go. Uh, Jared Kolenic took one for a ball. Uh, Donovan Walton took one for a ball. Andrew Benintendi, ooh, Super Benintendi, hit one into, for a sharp single. Uh, Benintendi did it again. Benintendi did it again. Hmm. Let's see, again, these are all guys he didn't see last year. Uh, that's Benintendi all the same was in Boston. He, he just threw a shitload of, of change-ups at Andrew Benintendi. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's kind of a scouting report thing, but like Kelnick, if he didn't see it before, obviously, I don't know if there's something to the fact that it's it's newer players. Like We even said early on they might be using this as a way like he'll bring the cutter out later on when he's when people have seen his other pitches more, but who knows? I think it'll be fine in general. But there's I don't think he's quite the level he was last year and he might not ever get back there again just because he was absolutely insane. But I think he just needs to throw more damn pitches. But so this offseason, Cleveland, they made I I don't know if you know if you noticed Mary, but all the headlines were on Cleveland this year. They made a splash of a signing. Eddie Rosario, a whole eight million dollars, which is what is the math on that? That's a lot of their payroll. This <laughs> went to this one man, Eddie Rosario, who plays the outfield. He's non-tenured by the Twins. Um, he was obviously their big splash of the offseason. He is currently slashing 206, 266, 328 for a 65 WRC plus. He has three home runs, but I mean, it doesn't matter when everything else is that bad. What's his R bat, though? <laughs> Damn it. Nobody cares what his R bat is. It's probably relatively his... the same as WRC I'm plus. Checking, I'm checking his R bat right now. <laughs> Um, 57. There you go. Well, I'm glad we did that. <laughs> now we have a whole different view of him. <laughs> Thank you, baseball reference, for making your own WRC plus. We really need that. Um, yeah, his better profile, he's still hitting the ball hard. His launch angle is it's lower than last year, but he's had the same. Um, he's at 14.1. He's had that same angle before and has worked just fine. His bat pip is a little low at 233, but nothing that should have him at 65 WRC plus. The only real thing I can see is that he's being a little less aggressive with Cleveland. He's swinging outside 38% of the time. Um, making contact less 68.3% of the time. So, I mean, his calling card has always been that he'll swing it, goddamn everything, and occasionally he'll hit it. But he's just not swinging quite as much. And this year, fastballs are absolutely destroying him. Um, baseball has run values based on each pitch, and his is negative five, which is among the worst in baseball against any kind of fastball you see. Like, even fan graphs would split out the values. Um, it's cutters, four seamers, two seamers, whatever. He just can't seem to catch up to anything this year. Um, between the, the lack of aggressiveness that he usually has and just not being able to catch up to that stuff, I think it's it's mostly that. He's seen like 153 four-seamers. He's whiffed 24% of the time on those, uh, by far the most of any pitch, and he's slugging 156 off of four-seamers. So that's not great. It's um, When your calling card is being aggressive and swinging at things and being a streaky hitter who can occasionally run into a bunch of things, I don't know how he does that if he just can't catch up to a fastball. Like I don't know if his... We don't really have a bat speed measurement anywhere, but I'd be interested to know if that's just partially what it is. Like if he's just slower on everything, he is kind of pulling the ball or not pulling, but going the other way a little bit. No, I guess he is pulling the ball more than ever, but um, so I don't know. I don't, it doesn't look like he's extremely late on everything. He just can't catch up to fastball and hit it with any kind of authority, which he used to do at least a little bit. It's just 
you look at like his, his baseball savant page and all of his stuff is down. It's never, he's never been a terribly hard hitter, but he's always hit enough where um, combined with the fact that he could make contact everywhere, he was able to sustain it and, and crush Cleveland pitching. But now apparently it is, doesn't have that, that whipping boy of his and in Cleveland, he's not up to, to what he used to be. So now Cleveland has sunk $8 million into what is, I mean, essentially Jake Bowers plus a little bit more who can play left field. I read somewhere that this is uh, in the during the off season. This is just something you have to expect from Eddie Rosario. Uh, the ebbs and you know, the 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 flows will be wonderful. The ebbs will be miserable. Uh, and it's obviously yeah, it's it's all bad. You know, what home run rates in the toilet, it's strikeout rates the highest it's ever been since twenty seventeen. Yes, uh, walk rate is fine. I mean, for him, whatever it's above his career average, but maybe yeah. There's, you know, again, they, they mess with the ball, and so that could be having something to do with it because it's not going as far, and it's also spinning more. So maybe it's just he's not being able to square up fastballs as well anymore because they're moving more. Uh, I don't know. It's just one of those things where he just stinks right now because, like you said, he's going to be a very um, pitcher or hitter, rather, who is very much uh, streaky. He's just going to be shitty sometimes. And that's the way it's going to be, and it sucks that that's the way it has to be, but... Uh, every you know his isolated slugging is the lowest of his career at 122. The MLB average even this year is 166. So he's just being very below average, Matthew. Very, very, very below, and in, in in every way too. Hard hit rate bad. Um, and that that I think that's the scary thing too. Is he just not, not only is he not like catching up the pass, but when he hits the ball, he's not hitting it very hard at all. And that's something he's always been able to do because he does have you know what ankles to neck range on his contact, and he's always able to do something with it. But he's not doing it anymore, and I and it's it's hard to t- hitting is just so hard to tell because there's so many different variables to it. And now they've changed the ball again. Like it's like that's another fun variable to, to try and figure out. He's 29, so it's not like he's like old now. But hitting is hard, and he obviously has flaws. So maybe it just it took a little while for him to figure them out. He needs to he needs to respond to the responses, I suppose. Yeah, and um, Chris Davies, another writer on covering the corner, he had posted like the rolling woba of a bunch of batters, and like Eddie Rosario, he's he's obviously streaky, so his <laughs> you have these highs where they're like the rolling average over fifteen games is like five hundred is his woba, which is like a basically a better version of OPS, and it drops down to like two hundred, so it's it's ridiculous like how much he swings, and usually when he's this low, which is around like two hundred two fifty. By now, with how long he's been down, a couple of weeks, like he's usually back up on the upside of his, his streaks, but now he's just kind of hanging around like the 250, 300 range, which seems not great. I mean, I know he's a streaky hitter, but it, it also like seems to point to something might be wrong with him longer than just his normal streakiness. So, well, if you go to the baseball savant page too, they have their rolling uh, expected Woba, and he does seem to be arcing back up in the right direction, both in the past 100 and past 50 plate appearances. So maybe he is just a back on the way up. It just took a little bit longer because, I don't know, Newtown, uh, hasn't seen these teams in a while, longer travel rate. Um, things are a little, bit, a little bit different for him. Just took him a second to figure it out. So, again, we're still only talking about 145 plate appearances, which is a good number. You know, it's definitely a time to start making judgments, but he could definitely also go and hit 450 for the next two weeks. And then we go, well, there we go. All right, he's good again. Um, and then he'll just, you know, fall back into a toilet sometime before the All-Star break and either be a problem or be not a problem. So it's it's nice to know that, that at the very least the fortunes of Cleveland do not depend on his bat because as evidenced by him being very bad over the last 10 or 12 games and then being very good over those last, that same stretch, um, 
I'm not going to you know, horribly worked up about, it, I guess. Um, yeah, he's just kind of flown under the radar with being how average he's that, been. I guess because we I all mean, assume he's yeah. going to come back. So we just kind of put him in the corner and just say, work it out yourself. And Well, that and also, back. like, just there's there's so many other players we're used to being bad that we get to complain about first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we need to get to Jake Bowers and Yu Chang and, and everybody else before we get to Eddie Bizarro. Because we, we know he'll come back. But the other guys, we're not quite sure if they can ever be anything. But um, just kind of the way it is. Yeah, We'll find out um, over... Find out next, next time. <laughs> Here on. I, I will say, yeah, he has a couple things going for him that, we, that I think we could see him coming back. And they're all external factors. Well, that's an, that's an internal factor, even though it's outside of his face. Uh, he gets to face Angels pitching, and then he gets to face the Tigers, and also he gets to face the, the, the Twins. So uh, de- Depleted Twins team is going to be coming off of, who's not going to have any bullpen after a doubleheader against them. Exactly. So it's... It's, there's some positivity there, at least in terms of seeing him bounce back a little bit over the next. Let, let's circle back on this next week. Let's make let's make a note to have a conversation around him next week because if, if he doesn't do anything over the next over the next we're what, seven days or whatever, <laughs> then it's a problem because we're fa- he's facing some of the worst pitching in all of baseball over the next couple of days. I'm not, and the Twins aren't like that that bad, but they're also not that good either. And well, I mean, the Twins are also just like everybody's down like my ada is is not the same uh, hap isn't great and then panina is michael panina so i mean yeah if next week if if cleveland's offense is still like scoring three or less runs a game after that i think then we have i, I didn't think it's time to like slam the alarm button where but I'm, I'm gonna poke it a little bit and yeah start you're kind of good considering start i'm flipping that little cover up going, on it. yeah hmm, hello there old <laughs> friend what are you doing over here i think so, the, the yeah. fact that the twins are such a dumpster fire kind of calms the the emergency button like if if they were what they should be, and Cleveland was in third in the division and playing the way they are, I think to be maybe a little more concerned. But they're not. So, and also just early in general. So, yeah, exactly. It's kind of hard I, to worry too much. Like, and he had, a, yeah. I mean, he's like he, he was bad. He was he had a decent stretch earlier in the season. He's just very bad right now. And other guys are also very bad right now. And some of them are young and will stay being bad. Some will get better. Although it's nice to see guys, even guys like Fran Reyes, who's on a downswing right now. His OPS is still what like. Plus, plus it's still like 125 or something like that. But what's his R bat, man? I don't care. I was just going to check right now. So I was curious, what is his R bat right now? I believe it's 129. Oh, 129. Yeah, it's uh, MLB average, as we know, when it comes to R bat plus, is exactly 100. Ooh, that's interesting. Uh, that's, I can't so believe I did that. Go. Wow. Yeah, his R, his Roba is 364. So. Oh, there you go. <laughs> we need to have like a CTC plus where we just. We were talking in the Slack about having a stat that's. <laughs> The win probability over what whatever happened with bunting, which is maybe like that'll be the, the official need, cover in the corner stack. We need a uh, we, we need a math man to do this. The math man <laughs> prophecies. <laughs> there you go. Um, so yeah, over the next week, I mean, uh, by the time you listen to this podcast, uh, they've already have played one game on Monday, which is the Hengis Sandoval matchup. But Cleveland will be playing the Angels and the Twins. And before we were doing the podcast, we spent a good, I don't know half a minute 45 seconds trying to figure out what the hell was going on because <laughs> both cleveland and the angels play the twins next which seemed really weird but then we realized that the indians have to go home uh, they get an off day on thursday and then the twins they have to play a double header against the angels so i mean this is all very good news for cleveland because they play the angels it's three more late games which kind of sucks but then they get their off day they can rest and relax meanwhile the twins they have to fly to los angeles play out there um, do that crazy shenanigans. Anaheim. 
Anaheim, whatever. They're they're the angels of Los Angeles, Anaheim, California conglomerate. It's like saying Baltimore is Washington DC. <laughs> it's I'm the same sorry. thing. It all blends <laughs> together. <laughs> and then they fly back to Cleveland where they play the Indians then. So I mean it's gonna be this is gonna be an exhausted twins team and then the angels are just bad. So this is kind of a, a good opportunity, like we said with Eddie Rosario, to just kind of recover because Patrick Sandoval is just a lefty who's whatever. Uh, Haney's not great. I mean, Shohei Otani is, is great. He's going to be fun to watch. I might be actively rooting against my own team just to watch him be good because I don't know when I get to watch him again play Cleveland. So um, I just love Shohei Otani, and I don't know how good he's going to be. But it's that'll be a good one. And then, of course, the Twins. I mean, Kenta Maeda just on himself this year. His his cutter doesn't have – he doesn't like, – like Shane Beaver, he stopped using the cutter. Um, he still has that good gap between his slider and split finger, so it's just hard to really tell what's wrong with him. He's just not striking people out this year. Cutter uses down across baseball. Now I'm wondering about it. Like if what it's if just like a league wide thing, but like they're just they can't throw it. Maybe the maybe the change to the ball has made throwing a cutter harder. I'm not I saying can't imagine that did it, but I mean <laughs> they wouldn't know, know before dude. anyway, would they? Well, I mean maybe they just realize you'd figure it out during during spring training, wouldn't you? You'd be like, this sucks. We can't do any of this. This is piss. <laughs> and nobody told Brian Shaw. He's just out there slinging him. Oh, he's just like, I don't care. My hand is big and weird. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen my beard? Like, I give a shit. I'll throw a cut. See, he's, he's sneaky. He has a bunch of grease in his beard. He's, uh, <laughs> he's just very slippery. There they go. He's a slippery boy. Uh, let's see here. Cutter use is uh, it, it's second highest in the last 10 years. Anyway, well, all right. <laughs> <laughs> but in these two very specific pitchers, uh, Kanta Maeda is, is down. And then Bieber pitches the next game against J-Hap, which I mean... He should be able to beat Jay Happ, I would hope. But Jay Happ's a trickster, though, because he's left-handed and not very good. So we know he's going to—you know—you know—he's going to do well against Cleveland. That's the, that's the ancient rule of baseball. The middle and lefties here once again. And the Angels, of course, lost their big slugger Albert Pujols. Is now with the mm-hmm. Dodgers. It's a very yeah, sad went, loss for them. But I can't believe they let him go. I mean, that's a two hundred fifty million dollar man right there. How do you just let him go like that? that? When you pay people a lot of money, they're automatically good, right? Mike, oh, it might try to Israel. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the one case where it works. But, uh, but yeah, that, that, of course, lets them use Jared Walsh, which, I mean, we'll see him on Monday, I'm sure, and on Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, I wrote about him in the preview. I think he's interesting in the fact that he seems like a guy who could, I mean, like be Framil Reyes eventually, who has a bunch of power and also hits the ball the other way. Right now, he's just a guy who slap hits and occasionally runs into one because he can beat the piss out of the ball, but he, he just swings at everything and doesn't really wait for his wheelhouse. So I think eventually he's going to like – morph into Fran Mill Reyes, which will be fun for them and bad for everybody else. But um, he's a really interesting prospect for the Angels. And now they can actually get to use him now that Albert Pujols is gone. Um, and then, of course, Shohei Otani is 27 there. years old, though. Jesus Christ. Yeah, he's a late bloomer. But, I mean, if you get him for a couple of years, then there you go. Yeah. Where's that other fat, the, the Joe something? West? Joe? No, Joe, no. not Joe West, you big <laughs> jerk. <laughs> Uh, Joe Adele. What's oh, there you go. Joe Adele. Oh, he's terrible now. He's now he's bad again. I think he just struck out like four times. I was watching Eric Long and Hangin's um, prospect notes, and I mean, even he just sort of like skimmed over the fact that Joe Adele is there. Like he has just disappeared off everything because I think he came up last year, right? And he was bad, and then he went he was, back yeah, down. He wasn't hitting last year. Was oh, I guess he's time. fine now in the minors. He's well, maybe not, but <laughs> he said a couple yeah. homers, and that's about it. He's basically like Jordan Luplo. Struck that's out forty percent of the time so far, and. I mean, that's over 47 plate appearances, but yeah, I mean, I think so we care about 40% strikeouts. Yeah, I, I mean, do we though? I don't know. That's a good question. 40% isn't 50%. So That's true. Know. It's not even 60%. It's 30% less really, than 70. I'm really excited to watch the Angels. I, I, I watched them a decent amount on the weekend because it's one of the few games that's still on after I've been watching other baseball games. So 
I mean, who doesn't want to watch Mike Trout though? And obviously Tony Two Bags, everyone's favorite player. I always get suckered into watching them, and I always regret it every time because they're so bad. It's just, I mean, it's like I want to watch three at bats every. <laughs> like, like, how far are we from Trout? Okay, let's see. Well, okay, well, I'm, I'm glad they're putting a number next to his bat. I'm like, I don't. You're, you're adjusted up to drink. Okay, well, I don't have to watch for 20 minutes. Perfect. <laughs> it's like the modern equivalent of watching the TV Guide channel, where you're just waiting for Mike Trout to come back around and you're missing. It. Like, damn it. Well, now we have two chances at Shohei Otani as well, <laughs> yeah, and Jared Walsh, and Tony Two Bags. So yeah, you know. There is actually just so many options on offense. I, I still, it baffles me how bad they can be. Because even Justin Upton, when he's not, I guess he is probably terrible now. But he's I remember at one point season. when he was super good and that was He was fun. very good. He was an absolute fucking. I believe he was getting Ken Griffey Jr. comps at one point as a prospect. And that he kind was of a wrecking comes, ball but... out there. Yeah, you had a year there. And, I mean, you know what? He's only had an OPS over 900 twice. Yeah. And one of those was a partial season with Detroit. Wow. I really? You know what? I just have this memory of him being way better than he ever actually when he than he ever actually was. I remember the hype from early when he was with the Dodgers, but that's it. So I'm you know I'm pretty much on the same boat. That I remember him being way better than he actually he has been with the Dodgers. <laughs> Do you mean the uh, Diamondbacks or Diamondbacks? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah, because like he had he had, he had that one super good season where did he win MVP or he was close like 2011 something like that. I uh, came uh, fourth in MVP voting. Yeah, yeah. he hit 289, 369, 529, 31 ding dongs. Eight RBIs, twenty-one stolen bases, and nine cuts. I mean, that's not even that good. But the thing is, it's like I think him and his brother were just like the the, the amount of um like potential between him and BJ Upton were like these guys could be anything. And they're and they're and they were bad. They were pretty good players, but they just they never like got past a certain level, I guess. For being, I mean, for being I mean, a corner outfielder, right? Plateaued, whatever. Yeah, like, like pretty hard. You know, it's yeah. like when you have, when you have a guy who's twenty-three hitting. Putting up that line, basically, right? 141 OPS plus, 31 dingers. You're like, this guy is going to be just unspeakable. And then that's the best season he's had. Like, ever since then, it's been OPSs in the mid-800s, which, again, not terrible, um, but nothing ever frightful until he, ended up, he had that one year in D- Detroit when they, they they stunk, but he was great. And it was, you know, it was, uh, I don't know, <laughs> interesting. Yeah. yeah. It'll be interesting even watching them now. Like, and. And even there, I mean, the Angels are just, they're interesting, but so bad. And their pitching staff is just a disaster. Other than Shohei Otani, like even Dylan Bundy, who was good last year, he's terrible this year. Jose Quintana, I remember him when he was good. Yeah, and dude, he was awesome when he was on the, the White Sox. Sox. Yeah, yeah, he, he went to the incredible. Cubs and he was still okay. And then now he's just off one. They're, they're like the, the pitching equivalent of what happens to Cleveland. Everybody just comes there. Or like the pitching equivalent of Cleveland batters where they go and then just they it's a graveyard in the Arm rotation. Moreno's, I don't know. Arm Moreno, I, I, you think he's a good owner, but actually he's a shitty owner because he's just like, sign more guys. I don't know. It's a work. And then it's like, oh, now we have to pay him. We're going to keep him until he, until he falls apart. And you're like, well, great. This is going to be very bad because that, that, there's no there's no saving this rotation either. Like, it's chock full of garbage and Sho, Shohei Otani. And it's just Andrew Heaney was – I remember him being good. Maybe yeah, I'm just I mean, he's not been remembering on, things correctly. Yeah, you definitely not remember him. There was one year where he was okay, and then he was yeah. bad the rest. I don't know if you're... Did Dylan Bundy get that one good year in 2020, and he had a nice stretch there with Baltimore in 2019, I think. What a stinky... What an ebb and flow team. Right? Your stars and scrubs, whoever there was, when it sucked. I remember I picked them to win the World Series this year. Okay, really? Yeah, yeah, on what? <laughs> uh, Mike Trapp. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can't Tony, go right there. Come on, Mike Trout, Tony Two Bags, Joey Otani, they got it all. I love Andy Rendon. <laughs> I can't uh, quit that dude. I'm so sad you left, uh, you left DC. I wonder if Otani feels duped going to, because I mean, he's obviously the biggest marketable superstar internationally, considering 
the market that you have overseas. Like he comes over and thinks he's going to play with the best player in baseball. He's going to take him to all these great things. And then, oh yeah, the rest of the angels exist and you're still stuck here. Yeah. But like, you know, low pressure, it's a cool place to play. I guess the weather's nice. Uh, I don't know, you know, whatever. It depends on his goals. It depends on his eventual goals as a, as a person. And I think right now he's just being cool. So that's pretty positive. And you I know mean, what? He's, he's nailed that. They keep on making efforts, and I think that's what it is. It's just their shitty efforts is all. It's the problem. Like, they sign Anthony Rendon, and then everything else is still bad. David Fletcher, they keep on pl- playing him leadoff. I don't. I, I still look at that one. They should just have Mike Trout leadoff. Like, that's it. Just do it. He's, he's on-base percentage 462, for God's sake. <laughs> I mean, like, Fletcher's a, a high-on-base guy for normal humans, but obviously Mike Trout's a little high. I, look, I guess you want to put your... 271, though. Like Well, this he, year he's bad, but I mean... Two years, a year and a half, 200 games worth of having a, a 100 OPS plus. What's his arm bad, man? Uh, I'll tell you, actually. His arm bad <laughs> over the last two years. Let's see if it does this for me. Uh, it does not uh, work. Oh, well, on that right now. that stat then. Worse than uh, that. Well, in 2019, it was 96. Ooh. And in 2020, it was 116. Ooh. This year, it's 40. 4 0, baby. Ooh, that's not good. Thank you, Baseball Reference, for that. I love They're R-Bat always lower plus. than WRC. Plus. Is it, do you actually know the difference, or just use it because it's weird and a new thing? Because uh, I don't, because I, <laughs> I don't pay for Fangraphs, and I do pay for <laughs> Baseball Reference, and I like their interface more. <laughs> so this is the new stat that works better. Uh, batting runs is computed by WAR, but indexed to the environment the player batted in, where 100 is league average. So you know, I'm I mean, it's the exact same thing, but they're using different inputs somewhere along the way. I yeah, exactly. There were there were different too. I mean, because like, of defensive reasons, but. There's some other mass shit in there. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> just some mass shit that's in there. Um, but yeah, I think that'll we grab just about everything. We got Bieber, Eddie Rosario, yep. mm-hmm. baseball games. Um, they're going. Twins can kiss my ass. Um, <laughs> they're, they're, they're losing again right now. I don't know if they're going to come back between now and the end of the night, but they're so bad. The problem now is they're losing to the White Sox. Like We should be rooting with the Twins. But um, I guess where we are at this point, where we want other teams to help us to catch up to the White Sox, which... This is like last year where we were chasing the Twins, but we're not 15 games behind. This is more doable. <laughs> it's it's more fun. The Twins are last in the division, and the White Sox are two and a half of, up from Cleveland. So, and I still say that they're a flawed team. Uh, the White Sox. I definitely think they're going to have a, a coming back to earth moment at some point. Oh, yeah. well, I mean, they had the highest run differential in baseball. Wow, in baseball, yeah. Dude, well, yeah, I know, but that gets buoyed by the fact that they threw no hitter. Against a shitty team. Which so. team was that? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> Do you happen to uh, know which one it is? But yeah, I, I think yeah they, they're going to come back down to earth. There's this good forever, but I just hope they catch them. But on that note, Merritt, um, if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, uh, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Find us at CoveringTheCorner.com. Stitcher. Stitcher, that's another one. Um, CoveringTheCorner.com. Cover the Corner on Twitter. Um, you find me on Twitter, Matt R L Y Merritt at Merrill Lunch, like Merrill Lynch, Lynch, but with lunch. Um, Merritt. Just as criminal, too. <laughs> Talk to you next week. <laughs> Bye.